This is Everyday Photography Every Day, where you get to listen in on a chat between a photographer, that's me, and a regular human. That's me. With an eye on making your pictures amazing. No technical stuff, no talk of gear or software, just photography for the love of it. We're sponsored by Neomodern.com, bringing concierge photo printing and framing to everyone with a smartphone. I'm Suzanne Fritz Hansen, enthusiastic iPhone picture taker. And I'm Michael Rubin, photographer, founder of Neomodern, and grumpy old man, and we're in San Francisco tonight. Welcome. Hey, Suzanne. Hey, Rubin. How you doing? Doing well. What are we on? Uh, day 45? You, I'm, I'm kind of, kind of losing track Are you measuring point. by days? I'm still, I'm on months now. Like month oh. two, month three. I think that's... Uh, Probably smarter. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, it's... Then you're like in because you're in like a prison cell where you're hacking a, a little hash mark on the wall every day, like another oh, yeah. day. Can, can you can you see my wall? See my wall. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm in. I'm not in uh, San Francisco today. I've left my quarantine, uh, as it were, for a different quarantine. I see. Um, I noticed that your your handle said cruise. I'm in. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Are, are you are you in the same? I know we have a guest from Santa Cruz today. Are I'm, you in the same in the, vicinity, the same space? I am. Not that it matters, but we're uh, social like distancing. A, social distancing. I'm in Santa Cruz, which got me thinking about Santa Cruz, and this has been my home for twenty, thirty years. It's been. It's. I moved here in ninety three, ninety four, and uh, very quickly. This is where I bought a home and raised my children, and where I hang out, and. And so while I was here, I kind of thought, like, there's there are actually phenomenal photographers in Santa Cruz, and I know that, and, and we had one on a few weeks ago, and it got me thinking, who would I really like to talk to in Santa Cruz about photography? And so I, I called up uh, a guy who I've known for a long time and bits and pieces over the, uh, the history, uh, and so I would like to introduce you to Shmuel Thaler. Shmuel? Hello. Hey, nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet you. I don't know if I should call you Michael or Ruben, but uh, we'll see. Mike. You can you can mix it up as uh, as it feels right. So, uh, Suzanne, I will tell you that when I got to town, he was the preeminent photographer of Santa Cruz. It felt like he was the lead photographer of the Santa Cruz Sentinel. And for mm-hmm. years, I don't know, when did you get to Santa Cruz? I got to Santa Cruz in 1982 and then started work at the Sentinel in 87. So it's coming up on 33 years. Wow. Oh, amazing. And, and, and some of the most classic photographs of Santa Cruz over decades have been his. And, That's great. Uh, and so I just wanted to bring him on and thought and, – and he also does – I'm talking about you in the third person, of course. But uh, <laughs> he, he, he – tra- Pretend he can't hear Ruben right now. <laughs> Shh, don't say anything yet. <laughs> he, uh, Shmuel's gone to India and he's traveled and made wonderful uh, – done wonderful photo projects all over. But for me, I know you best as like just the consummate photographer of Santa Cruz. So welcome to our show. You know, well, thank you. I'm so welcome. happy to be here. Yeah, I must say I've done a little bit of cyber stalking um, before today's episode. She so can be I've creepy been able like to that. sort of yeah, yeah. <laughs> take take a look at kind of just a cross section um, of your work. You have a really robust. I mean, like a really comprehensive. Uh, Website and when I when I read that you are um, kind of the lead photographer for the the Santa Cruz paper, I was like, okay, that makes sense because it's such, it's just you have such a 
a cross section of of humanity and some of the most beautiful pictures of Santa Cruz I think I've I've ever seen. Some didn't even I was like that's is that Santa Cruz or is yeah. that Italy? It makes me or want to live that? here. It really does. <laughs> you know, it, it's like no, they're really they're really maybe stunning. I should maybe I should stop then. No. <laughs> so, uh, no, actually, that's one of the beauties of being a newspaper photographer. We're yeah. we're not we're, we're not like incredibly skilled at anything, but we're really good at doing a lot of stuff. Well, well, you are really good at doing a lot of stuff. That's how all my favorite people are the same way. It's like you know, I I just you know hang with whatever topic that we happen to be on, have something interesting to say. It uh, you really cover that though. I how do you even look at all this work that you've done over the years and sort of say. God, that is, that's a great image. That's my, that's like my favorite image this year. How, how do you even, are you able to pick something like that? Yeah, I think so. You know, it's I, it, shooting literally hundreds of thousands and maybe millions of pictures a year. You, you just kind of know what, when, when there's something there. And in the days before digital, when I couldn't see it, I wouldn't know. But now, you know, you just look at your phone or your camera and you kind of know it's there. And I think we also become better. Yeah. What are the, I mean, so you've covered so many things, both for, as, a, as a journalist, as well as just a, a, a liver, a lover of Santa Cruz. What's been like the, the hardest thing to cover? I mean, I've looked at so many of your pictures and I, I see really difficult things from like Highway 17, car accidents and uh, and fires and stuff like that. What for you has been like the hardest photographically to cover? I think what we're going through right now Mm. is really, really hard because there's not a whole lot going on. I mean, because, yeah. you know, journalism, photojournalism is about what people are doing. And so people aren't doing a whole lot. Um, so that I think it's really, really hard. I, In terms of, um, like, stressful, breaking news kinds of things, I, I for me at least, the camera acts as a, a bit of a filter. So it, it allows, I think, those of us who do photojournalism to be able to do it without to- it, understanding the the actual impact the deep emotional impact until later you see the, pull the see camera it. away from your face and you look at what you're seeing and think oh i mean like the hills on fire or uh just i don't know there's i mean there's a lot of weird news that goes on right well there's a life there's a life behind every story i mean it's not just you know it's not the splash of the front page it's like there is there's the person behind it there's the life behind it right and the fire is a good example of it it isn't that for me at least because it's it's probably that for my wife at home thinking what he's doing but for me it's (laughs) more okay did i park the car facing out so if the fire comes i can get in the car and move quickly do I have my respirator mask, which is what I wear out in the world right now anyway? Mm-hmm. Uh, do I – what's the next best picture? Okay, the fire's coming down the hillside. Can I get around it and can I get back if I do that? You know, those kinds – so it, I, it's, Tactical. it's a left-brain, right-brain thing. <laughs> It's, it's almost like you're in war or like in battle or something. You're trying to strategize your next move or a rock climber trying to climb a rock face. Like what is the best grip? What is the next position? Um, is there any time that you've ever made the wrong decision and you've kind of gotten gotten burned and it got really scary? Wow. Um, the, the, the wrong decisions that I know that I've made <laughs> is um, it, it, it's pictures I didn't take for some reason. What? I, but 
Mostly, no, I'm pretty good. I, I mean, I don't think any picture's worth my life. And, and also the dangerous stuff, it, it's funny we're talking about it because it's really 1% of my job. Yeah. I mean, most of the, I mean, there's way more pictures of the ocean looking cool than there are of, of <laughs> house burning down. That that's but true. What's like a what's a shot that you missed that you didn't um, like the, the picture okay. you didn't take? Okay, you can't tell this to anyone. Okay, okay. don't okay. tell anyone. Yes. <laughs> no, this, but it, It'll but, be our secret. I'll give I'll give you two examples, and they were a long time ago because I I learned from these. But one was um, when the earthquake happened in '89. I was in the library in downtown Santa Cruz and books were flying across and I had just started part-time at the Sentinel and it's not maybe politically correct to say, but the earthquake was the best thing that happened ever happened to me professionally because it got me my job. It allowed me to go full-time and I didn't have my cameras with me and it took me an hour and a half to go home, drive home to get my cameras and then go somewhere else. So um, always have a camera with you. Now that's easy. These days, I always have a camera with me, right? So that's easy. I like your smartphone and, pictures, by the way. I've seen you've 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 extended your your. I mean, you call them out specifically as being different from the rest of your work. Yeah, Most, mostly there are some news pictures that I happen to be someplace, and it's a and I shoot it with my cell phone, and we we just go on. But the the um, you know the. See, I don't want to geek out, obviously, here, because it's the, but, you know, the sensor in the cell phone in my iPhone is as good as the sensor in my, my best camera, really, mm -hmm. it is. It has other limitations in terms of not having a long lens to mm -hmm. shoot sports or not be able to shoot as quickly, but it, it, the sensor is amazing. I actually think the dynamic range is higher in my my iPhone sensor than on my cameras. Do you have like a state of the art one? I, this is the last tech techie question, but okay. is it like a no, is it the I started, I stepped in that and then was like You oh. did. We'll scrape it off your shoe. Is it the the <laughs> first is it the latest one or do you have one from a few years ago? No, I had I was shooting with the 7 plus or 8 plus for a for a long time. I have a friend who works at Apple and I kept saying, "Should I get the new phone?" and he said, "No. Should I get the new phone?" No. So when the 11 Max Pro came out. He said, get this phone. So I, okay. that's what I'm shooting with. And I, I cannot tell you how pleased I am with it. Interesting. It, that's so yeah. exciting. So you said, great. you said there were two stories. What was the other one? Okay. So the other one was also was about Keep being him on track, Ruben. I'm curious. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> the other one was, was being lazy. I wasn't, I wasn't working. I had my camera with me. I was walking in downtown Santa Cruz across Pacific Avenue. I hear a commotion down the street. And I just look and it looks a little crazy, but I'm like, okay, whatever. I'll just, I need to go to the post office. I'm going to do this. And, and I had my camera. I had the time, but I was lazy and I wasn't working. It ends up that there was a guy running down the street with a machete and a bunch of bystanders tackled him and held him on a car. And that's what had happened then. So I will never walk away from that again. <laughs> <laughs> So this was when I was, this is probably 1988 or something. It was a long time ago. Are you all, like a police officer? Are you always on call? Like if something happens that you, uh, or, or, and do you do like, do you walk downtown? Just like, I'm going to patrol Pacific Avenue in case something interesting happens. Or are you got a beeper? <laughs> no, or, like, how do you? No, I, we listen to the police radio. So we hear the fire calls on the police radio. But, but I'm really only working two days a week right now. I got furloughed. I mean, it, it, we, this is a whole nother discussion about how journalism 
is endangered and democracy is endangered because of journalism being endangered. Yeah. But um, right now, I, I'm the other photographer I was working with got furloughed and his position was eliminated. So I'm providing seven days of pictures for a newspaper in two days wow. right now. And so if, if something happens, it's really big, they'll call. If there's a forest fire, they'll call. But otherwise, I work my, my, my shifts right now, my <laughs> days a week. Have you always been a photographer? Like, have you all, were you the kid with the camera? Yeah, I have a great, great picture of me when I was five years old. My dad was a TV, an, an Emmy Award winning producer and director at CBS News. And uh, so I have a picture of me at age five. We're down at, it's now Cape Kennedy. It was Cape Canaveral at the time because he used to go cover the, the rocket launches from there. Wow. And my brother's crying. And my younger brother, one of my younger brothers, uh, I'm the oldest of three, is, and my mother's trying to comfort him or control him, I'm not sure. <laughs> and instead of trying to comfort him, I'm there taking the picture of him. But, but I will say, my dad's taking the picture of me taking the picture of him. So, you know, right. it runs in the family. But that was the, the, being the photojournalist was way more important than comforting my brother. And that, I love that. And that stuck? Like that was your self-image as you grew up? You were... A high school newspaper photographer or something and yeah I, I was at the junior high school I was a news I was a photographer I didn't do it much in high school but I went to I won a embarrassingly enough in 17 magazine I won a photography contest when I was in high school and it was just something I was able to do well and had an affinity for and was really fun and uh, a family friend was this guy John Derniak who was is well known in photography, the mentorship at the National Press Photographers Association is named after him. And he was a family friend and he gave me assignments to shoot for Time Magazine when I was 17 years old. So that was like, wow. You know, what but did it, you shoot? What was your assignment? Um, it was all sorts of weird amorphous stuff that was like, okay, we're doing a story on the Roman Catholic Church. Um, go get a picture. And I, I, I got about five or six assignments during, within a few months, and none of, them, none of the pictures ran, but I got paid, which was really yeah. amazing. And then I assisted these two really well-known photographers named Ralph Morse and Carl Mydans. Carl Mydans is known for the picture of, uh, of MacArthur coming ashore in, in the Philippines, I think. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Stepping it off was, the boat into the water? Exactly. Oh, that's his. Yeah. Great. So, so I assisted them at Jimmy Carter's presidential inaugural. And I had a camera and I had a huge lens. And, and then during the inaugural itself, and I shot a picture of this guy in a wheelchair holding a Georgia flag, which has the uh, Confederate flag on it. And that ran in the magazine. So that was that was actually really, really cool. So Do you get paid that's, more that's if they run it or do they pay you flat and whether they run stuff or not? You know, I, I think back then I got paid a little, I got paid $75 extra but I was assisting, so I wasn't paid. Oh, yeah. Though most of the, the staff, I assume the staff photographers were paid just day rates. Mm -hmm. um, now I have no idea. I mean, I you know it's one of these things with with Getty and all these things. The money's just not there for photographers anymore. You know. Yeah. So when do you? Sorry, a total thing. Like do you, you have all these great stories about photojournalism. Did you know that was always the direction you wanted to go, or have you ever explored or been interested in like studio photography or something where you're you're coming in with like a, a like like a more conceptual or or something like that, or have you always sort of involved uh, loved finding um, 
Ruben calls it like hunting, <laughs> like the shooting for the hunt, like being out there and trying to find the moment. Well, for me, it's it's. I went to art school at SUNY Purchase, and I went to I graduated from the film school at NYU. Yeah, you went I was, to Tisch, right? Yeah, I went to Tisch. Very good. So when I when I was at Tisch, I hold on just when I was at Tisch, I um all my none of my pictures had had people in them. Mm-hmm. They were all just pictures of like I guess I would call them ambiguous spaces, how geometrics intersect, and that was what I was really into. And I had no idea how I was going to make a living. <laughs> I came to Santa Cruz and there were a few a few seminal images that I, I realized that I could use that aesthetic and make it photojournalistically available. Wait, why Santa Cruz? What brought you here? Oh, I just I well, you know what? I was with I graduated from NYU and I was uh, my I was with my friend Carrie and he had graduated from Goddard College and we threw all my, all of our stuff in a um, in a in a seventy six Subaru, which was about the size of the computer you're looking at right now, <laughs> and we had all of our belongings, and we started we started driving west, and we never got off the we look at the road atlas, we got never got off of the little gray roads on the on the atlas, and every day we go okay that looks like a good place to head towards, and every turn we decide where we're going right or left, and it was wow. an amazing trip, and he had a um, he had a college girlfriend who uh, is now his wife who lived in Santa Cruz. And I think they maybe had broken up. I, and, and so we went to visit her. And we went it? to the cafe in Santa Cruz, which she was one of the owners. And it was just too cool. It was like, oh, my God, this is a great place. I'm just staying here. And you found it. You found your destination. I found my destination. But the, the weird thing is that it, it, that there was no guarantee that I was going to be able to do what I did. What I what I do. I mean, my portfolio was terrible at that time. <laughs> I mean, it was really bad. You know, it's one very great, niche. Very niche. <laughs> and one of the great things about photography is, you know, we can continue. I think as photographers in any medium with any camera, any phone, we can keep getting better and better and better as we, you know, look at our images. God, I yeah. hope that's true. <laughs> it's like I really, really hope we just keep. Well, getting I better. see your stuff, and it's definitely getting better because it was really bad. No, yeah, just, yeah. No, I know. I no, no. I, I feel like I feel like I'm a much better photographer today than I was five years ago. Yeah, and I've been doing it for fifty over fifty years. Wow. So, how do you know what a good photo- what a good photograph is, or what a good picture is? Well, I think the main. Well, it it depends. Uh, it depends how you go with it, but I would say the, the that it's it's about composition, content, and um, and and technical competence, like three C's almost. That, <laughs> uh, Not really. And, 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 and but I'm also speaking from someone who I do reportage, I do journalism, I do documentary photography. I don't put things in and out of my pictures, so that's a whole different world, you know, for people who are taking their iPhone pictures and putting them into apps and making them do all sorts of cool stuff. I don't, I don't do that. So I'm just talking from my perspective, but the, what makes them good is when we can translate our three dimensional world into two dimensional, a new two dimensional reality, because we see the world in, in very different way than we see an image. So, Mm -hmm. um, that's part of it. And, you know how the how space is compressed and things like that are, are really important, and how lines intersect, and also cropping out stuff that doesn't isn't important. 
right? Do you, so, do you Photoshop your pictures? Every picture I take goes into goes through Photoshop just to make it look like what I saw. But I won't take anything out or put anything in or get rid of dirt in the road or anything like that. So what do you do? You're just doing exposure work. Mostly exposure work. And I will use – I'll use – see, I'm going to geek out again, right? <laughs> just do it. I'll use adjustment levels okay. to like lighten mm-hmm. the – like I used to use in the dark room, yeah. You know, yeah. I don't. I don't like in Photoshop. I don't like uh, burn and dodge. I think they're really um, very general controls. Yeah. Um, so I, I like using adjustment layers and then just making faces look like what I saw because our eyes see hundreds of thousands of variations in light and you know a black and white print in the old days had saw ten different variations. So we're when we look at an image on even on the screen. We're not seeing what we, reality as we saw it. You know, when I print for the newspaper, it's totally different because in the newspaper, there's no subtlety at all. 72 paper. DPI, like you really need things well, very we actually clear. Do, yeah, we actually do 200, 200 DPI, but it, 250 DPI, but it doesn't matter. They're, they're tiny little files. Mm. And the paper that we use is, is kind of yellowish gray. So there's no white. It's all this, you know, so, but, but, um, I think it's like, it's like Henry Cartier-Bresson. It's like the decisive moment when things are in the right place and they won't be there again. And then we do it again, you know, mm-hmm. then, I, then it's just like, and, and there's so many moments. And then this idea for me that you're creating an instant piece of art, I, I art, not art, like high art, an instant piece of art mm-hmm. and especially with today with Facebook and Instagram and whatever apps people see it immediately and then it goes away and you do it again. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's, I, I don't I don't feel like I have as many I don't feel like I aim to have lasting images as much as I aim now to have an interaction with people who are who are looking at them. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you about an image you took and I I really love it and it was one of those it's one of these images that m- may seem strange to describe or to kind of glom onto, but um, when you're talking about sort of this, it capturing an image is what you saw and it kind of collapses time and space. It's this image of, um, it's a man walking through the forest. He has brown boots on with like denim, um, like a light denim jean. And then his, I think you, we were seeing like his, his like right, I'm going from memory. So it's like his right foot is back and like the left foot is forward. And then the, the leaves on the side of the trail are almost blurred. And it, what is amazing about this image is it feels like it's moving. Like when I'm looking, I was looking at it still and I was like, is this, a, is this a gif? Like, is this actually moving? And it was, it's so strange, but it is, it really feels like there is, there's movement there. It's like the, um, what is that painting called? The dynamic man diet. Uh, I'm butchering that title of that painting, but it's like, it actually feels like there's movement. Can you tell me about like the story? Who is that person? Where were you going? Why, why did you select it? I, I really like it. Okay, so that's a picture. I hate to do this. It's a woman, but oh, uh, sorry. <laughs> it is just boots, so you can't. I mean, they were right. just boots. boots. They were boots. boots. Yeah. She's a, she's a city ranger. Okay. Um, for, and she works in in Pogonip, which is a, an open space here in Santa Cruz. Okay. And this, I forget what the story was for. It was for a story in the newspaper, and I went out with her, and we're. Oh, you know what? Yeah, so we were doing a story about them open. I think opening more trails in Pogonip. Okay. And the great thing about my newspaper is, 
when I first got there, I'd give them pictures like that and they would look at me and go, huh? And now it's like, oh, that's great. So <laughs> maybe, maybe their standards have gotten lower or I've educated them. <laughs> You've educated them. Come on. Um, so I just felt like we're walking on the trail and that's what the story is here. And also it, it looked, I was watching her feet as, as we were walking. Yeah. I, I got to get a picture of this. And she probably was, I don't even know if she knew till the picture was in the newspaper that I did, took that picture. And, you know, it, for me, those kind of pictures are, are, I mean, I knew I wanted there to be motion in the picture, which means I needed to have a slower shutter speed. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I, I, I never know how those pictures are going to turn out ever, ever, ever until they're done, like how to shoot it. And then I just shoot it a lot of different ways, the same way I would with my phone, mm-hmm. quite honestly, you know, just moving and panning and just trying to do different things and hoping one of them works out. See, that's the kind of thing, like, if I think if I was a photographer who primarily shot motion, I would know how to do that without thinking about it. But because mm-hmm. I it, like, I shot a dancer two days ago and I used it, but I had to shoot hundreds of pictures to get one or <laughs> that, that the motion was looking okay. You know, right, so right. I like, okay, what, 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 how fast should I really shoot this? So it's, so I, but I do love that picture. And I love the fact that that tells the story of walking on that trail. Yeah. It's great. Like, There's a lot of, I, I, I picked out a bunch of photos that I would love to talk about, but I, I'm actually curious about um, how you teach photography. Do you teach people how to take pictures, better I pictures? Used to, I used to teach photojournalism at Cabrillo College, and then and then I stopped. Um, I've offered other workshops, so yeah. I, um, I feel like the well, there's there's a number of different parts to it. When I do teach or or ha- lead workshops or whatever, I I need people to know that I'm really nice and kind, but I'm gonna give them honest feedback, mm-hmm. and because I, I don't think there's any purpose. Like I think. There's so many good things about us having access to social media and, and disseminating photographs. The worst part of it is that your friends are terrible judges of what's good photography. Yeah. They don't help you get better. You know, no. they you just need, tell you it's you great. Real it's crit. great. Yeah. And they mean it because it's great that you did it and it's great that you're expressing <laughs> yourself. But if you're really trying to improve your photography, they're the wrong people to ask. They love what you do. It's great that you do it. You know? Right. And, and, you know, on that line, you know, there's this with Facebook and Instagram and 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 iPhone photography or cell phone photography, the there's a, a an amazing, really good democratization of photography. Michael and you and I were talking about that yesterday, here. and um, where everyone can take has the same equipment, and that's really great. And if you look at these apps, there's some really, really awful, awful photography on it, mm-hmm. and and. So actually, you, your friends might might even be accurate that compared that that picture you took compared to the others <laughs> thought it is actually really good. They're and, judging on a curve. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I think you know we we we. I mean, there's a mediocrity is really accepted. Yeah. No. And and in an ephemeral yeah, world, that it's it's okay. It it does what it needs to do for three and a half seconds, and they move on and. The, the delta is small uh, between a great picture and a small picture, you know, that. Right. Right. And, and, you know, once again, it's, it's, is there, is there part of that picture that should have been cropped out? Right. You know, is there unnecessary information in there that, that why is that there? You know, if a painter 
has a canvas. They don't just leave a corner and go, eh, that's okay. You know, <laughs> whatever. They use the entire canvas, right? So right. I think that, you know, no, I don't mean the world is our canvas or, you know, whatever. No, but, but I think that, that you're used to this. And we've, uh, Suzanne and I have talked about this in the past, that a painter, if something's in a painting, you know that the artist has put every single thing there in a specific spot for a specific reason, whether you know the reason or not. In a right. photograph, people have come to accept that, I, you know, I didn't control any of that. It's just whatever was there, which is totally not the case. You still put everything there with a reason, with a purpose, if you're good. It's there right. and it, it, it contributes to the overall something. It's not just random, no matter how random it might feel. Right. Well, you're making, you're making choices, right? You're right. making yeah. choices of, do you want to zoom in on that? Do you, are you going to kneel down? Are you going to shoot it from above? Are you going to, you know, are you going to lighten it? Are you going to mm-hmm. darken it? Um, you know, someone said, and I should probably remember who it is, but that the, the magic of photography is that it, it's the freezing of a moment that will never happen again. Right. So you're making choices when you I mean, for me, at least when I put a picture out there for any purpose at all. And I once again, you know, I'm shooting hundreds of thousands of pictures a year. I, I want I'm putting it out because I'm saying, look at this, you know, and if if it's not worth looking at, I don't want to put it out. I don't want my name mm-hmm. on it. I don't want I, there's no purpose to it. We are so overloaded with imagery today. But that's also why your good pictures stand out, right? Because there's so much mediocrity. Well, what I like about what you're saying, I mean, about being a, not just like a a good critic, but you're being an authentic critic. Like you're caring enough to help someone get better, to give, you know, judgment or ask questions or to push them harder. Um, And I think that, I think it comes from a place of like, yeah, often authenticity and, and investment. Like you are, you're willing to do that to help push someone. Um, I think that's really admirable because yeah, I don't think people's friends are necessarily in the position to do that. And, and to be honest, if you're putting your friend, your picture out in front of a friend, who's not a photographer, you're also like, well, who are you? You don't, what do you know anyway? (laughs) But having someone who is, you know, when you're taking a class or a workshop and actually getting legitimate feedback, that's a huge part of the workshop that you, that makes it a valuable Mm. thing to participate in rather than it's just like, oh, they, they loved everything. It's like, okay, my friends could have said that. Whereas like, well, why didn't you go higher? Did you go lower? What did you think about this? Or why did you make this choice? It's, it's like, oh yeah, I can think about these things. I can, this is how I see the world. This is what I'm capturing. I'm not leaving the corner of my canvas unpainted because mm-hmm. I forgot about it. Um, I, I really like hearing that. Well, thank you. And you know, the, the, I, I think photojournalism is a particularly generous profession. I was helped by, so? So many, <laughs> well, I was helped by so many people on my, on, on my journey yes. to being where I am and where I'm going, I hope. So it's about, I think, you know, it, I mean, I think as a human being, we need to give back anyway. But as a as a photographer, I don't think there's any secrets. I mean, I, the, the these the, the these prima donnas who have their techniques and this, I I I find that useless. I mean, it doesn't it just doesn't do much for me, you know? Do you have? Uh, I'm curious what your both your favorite photographs of your own that you just after years you look at them and you just they take your breath away or you love what they do and also ph- photographs that have inspired you that continue to inspire you can you highlight any either of those both of those maybe sure 
Well, I can tell you, I can, uh, that when we were talking before about, and I was talking about images that were seminal images, there's an image from 1984. So it's a long time ago of, of, uh, that I shot. It was the first image where I realized I could put, use my aesthetics and, um, and a photojournalistic kind of treatment to, to make something successful. And that's this picture of a Mary, it's a, it's a press conference of Mario Cuomo in the Moscone Center in San Francisco. And I was down below and I was shooting for the New York, no, I was shooting for Time Magazine and, and the San Jose Mercury News. And he was having this press conference in the atrium and there were all these microphones going out and I tried to get in and I couldn't and I was a young kid. The top and I down? Shot, yeah, it's top down. I love that picture. Oh yeah. And, yeah. and there's all these boom microphones going in. So it's, so the picture's way more than just about his press conference. You know, it's, it's, it's design, it's designed, you know, and so that there's a picture from the Maverick surf contest that I shot in 2005 that stays with me. It's Russell Smith on a wave and it looks, the wave looks like Hokusai, you know, it's <laughs> huge. Just I mean, not the person, it looks like his wave. Oh. Really? Um, and so that's one that, that sticks with me. There's, um, there's a picture of some, I was shooting downtown Santa Cruz. I was shooting dance night, dan- the beginning of dance week in downtown Santa Cruz. Mm-hmm. And these dancers were in their costumes with stripes standing, waiting to perform. And the, I, I love that picture. Oh, right and there. the red hats. Yeah, exactly. I There's- was wondering what that was. I was like, this is so, this is fascinating. I was like, they're all dressed like crosswalks. I don't, I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> and, and, no, but it's just like every day there's something really and it's kind of cliche but it's really exciting you know it's ever, really oh sorry i didn't mean to interrupt could finish what you're going to no, no, I was gonna say, you know there's, there's new stuff every day and it's cliche you know that you know the people say oh you know uh, every day is different and it really is and it's 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 like i mean without getting too out there it's like it's really a privilege to do it because i get to do it there's there's so few people who are staff photographers at newspaper. In the state of California, there's probably like 200. And there's probably fewer today than there were yesterday, and there'll be fewer tomorrow. <laughs> um, you know, that, that, so we have this opportunity to publish pictures that are meaningful and significant and historic records, but also have, be able to be artistic about them. Yeah. That's the great thing about like Magnum photographers, where they combine such, not only this, uh, uh, amazing uh, journalistic ethos but they're all artists the great ones you know Salgado or Cartier-Bresson or or whatever they're they're just artful beyond measure of this amazing journalistic moment it's not just a piece of information oh those and those photographers are are so good at what they do and they're also so so dedicated I mean if you see Salgado's prints in I mean Mm -hmm. They're, they're beautiful prints. Yeah. You know, what years yeah. ago, was, it was the first discussion that I remember about this was Susan Mizellis, who was taking pictures down in, in El Salvador, Nicaragua. And people were saying, this is a war. Your pictures are too beautiful, right? <laughs> because, and so, but but we, we got out of that. And Salgado's pictures of gold miners in Brazil are gorgeous. They're beautiful, beautiful pictures. Yeah. In the same way that, the Matthew Brady's pictures are beautiful, right? Civil War, yeah. Yeah. But Salgado's pictures of like the the explosions in Kuwait of the firestorms 
gorgeous. It's the worst thing. It's hell. You know they're <laughs> in hell, and yet, and I guess so. The, all his the stuff is some of the most beautiful photographs ever. It's I, like classical music playing over a fight scene, right? right <laughs> Something right. like that. You know, but you, and we shoot a lot of pictures. The other thing I was—I don't know why I just thought of this now, but one of the guys I really, one of the guys, one of the photographers I really, really respect and love the work is Jim Brandenburg, who was a National Geographic photographer, and he had a house out in the Northwoods of Minnesota, and um, he went out every day because he had gotten tired of going on National Geographic assignments and shooting thousands and thousands of pictures. He went <clears> out and shot one frame a day, hmm. and. The book, and I, I really should remember the name, but I don't, but it, it's Jim Brandenburg. The name, uh, this book has, he spent a season shooting one picture a day and includes every picture from that project. And, uh-huh. and they're unbelievable. So it's like this really intentional thing rather than what we tend to do, which we call spray and pray. You know, <laughs> and hope that the right, but, but within that, I will say, you know, if, if you do shoot a lot of pictures, you're shooting them because if you're reasonably good at this, because you know that that's the place and the time where something good can happen photographically. And then you know when you get back to your computer or you look at your phone, which is the right one. Do you ever have like, I mean, because you're shooting for assignment a lot of the time, do you ever have, um, I guess, the equivalent of writer's block where you're just, I just don't know. I just don't know what my point of view is going to be. Or how do you, um, how do you battle the empty film or the empty, I can't even think of a good, the empty lens. No, that's a dumb one. I don't know. Make that better. (laughs) (laughs) I don't. I know. I I should. Maybe I should because it would inspire me to uh to get better but <laughs> I don't you know it's like i think that in terms of assignments and i will say with so few reporters at our newspaper right now 90 percent of my work is just self self-assigned and self-directed but great the, discipline though i mean to to be able to just be like all right i got this well and it, find it well it's what a, it's such a privilege yeah. i mean you know it's like i it's like a it's a dream job it really is there could not <laughs> better job so um you know i well i, I will say that um well a couple of things about it. one is that i think there's no really bad assignment you know there's lack of time lack of motivation lack of creativity right you know i mean it may not be the picture that the people holding holding the press conference want you to shoot of it but you know, there's a picture I took once of my good friend who I love, John Laird. He's having a press conference. He, he was, you know, he was an elected official in, for working up in Sacramento. He lives here and he's a good friend of mine and I love him. And they did a, a, a press conference on the beach with a podium and microphones. And it was like, I went there and I'm like, this is terrible. And then <laughs> the picture is of him standing on the beach with a podium and microphones. It's ridiculous. You know, so, and so... And the other thing that I personally did five years ago was I started a project called My Photo of the Day, mm-hmm. which I publish some what I think is the best picture I've taken that day, that every day I work. And so what I did it to force myself to make sure I took something of value and dynamic every day. Yeah. And some days I really am not thrilled that I did that, but most days I am. It's hard. I, I've been doing something like that during quarantine, trying to like – I feel like there's never a better moment to force yourself into feeling like uh, there's nothing here. I've seen it a million times. 
I can't bring anything else to my environment. I can't see it in a new way. I can't see anything new to helps me. And in that moment, I, at least I hope, is where you kind of find the, the creative moment, right? But it's brutal. Mm-hmm. It's brutal, you know. It's it's very hard. So it's like uh, what's her uh, was it Ruth Orkin or someone shot from their terrace on um, in Central Park wet, uh, South in New York City. And just like she shot Central Park, the same view of Central Park. Now that's a nice view to shoot, of course. Yeah. But you <laughs> and you know, and there's a book in that. There's yeah. a book of, of what it looks like every day. You know. Yeah. Yeah. If you could describe your photography in one word, what word would you use? Wow. Oh, I thought this was going to be easy. (laughs) (laughs) Sucker punch. (laughs) God, I, you know what? I, that's, I don't even know how to answer that. I don't, I don't think, I really don't think there's a word, although I'll come up with it after we're done talking. I'm sure. (laughs) I, because because it's it's because of what we talked about before, which is that I need to shoot every kind of assignment. I need to shoot yeah. photography. I need to shoot still lifes. I do some studio photography. I do so. I mean, I, I I think that when you look at it, there's a cohesion about it, and there's a concern with geometrics and angles and and textures and design. But I I don't know if I could do that. I mean, I I. The, in terms of my work, what the thing I would use is hardworking. I mean, I think that's where I, that's what that's what's made me who I am and and allowed me to to do it. But that didn't answer your question, though. So I don't know. No, I mean, though I don't I don't normally give suggest I don't normally give answers <laughs> to this, but I mean, I think the word that comes to mind for me when I look at your work is open. It's kind of like you're it's whether it's open to the challenge or just your eyes are always open or it's kind of almost like this improv mentality where you have this comfort you don't have this feeling of you know there's no fear of the blank page um because you know you've got it like you know you'll eventually see something something will be there it's this i don't know this the the kind of the confidence in 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 finding it's like you just have to go in completely open and then you find it well, thank you. That's that's very very kind. I, <laughs> I I appreciate that. You know, and and I will say that that I I think that it's a the, once again there's a left brain right brain thing going on at least for me. You know, as I'm shooting, I'm I feel like I'm really in the moment with whatever's happening. Yeah. I was yesterday like I was talking about a couple of days ago when I was shooting a dancer and she's preparing to do a virtual performance. She's doing a live performance virtually. Uh, you know, to, on Zoom or however she's doing, it, and just moving with her, with the camera, like moving back and forth. And but at the same time, probably ten percent of my brain is thinking, okay, what's going to happen after this? What's the next thing? <laughs> yeah. So you know, but I think it's real. There is an openness, like a slight. Once again, not to get too out there, but like this Buddhist kind of just being with it and yeah. experiencing it. And not not telling the picture what it needs to be. Yeah. But still, it's my it's my picture, your picture. You know, it's it's we we still own our imagery in, and I do, I don't mean that legally. I mean in a in a kind of a, a metaphoric way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's if we do and we're conscious about it, we create dynamic images. But we have to let the situation be there for us to understand what the picture is. 
It's a well, great. You're ju- kind of, it's a journalistic kind of point of view. You don't interfere. Yeah. You can't. You don't it's add unfolding. anything to it. You have to just take right. what it is and process. Right. Be yeah. present with but, that. The worst thing is like, you know, I'll show up to take a portrait of someone and they say, I cleaned up because I knew you were coming. Yeah, it's horrible, <laughs> isn't it? No. <laughs> well, I'll come back tomorrow then. <laughs> right. And, and I will say, you know, we, we always say, you know, you're the, you're the fly on the wall and, and that just doesn't exist. Yeah. You know, like by being there with a camera that's noticeable, you change the situation, right? Yeah. Do you, I don't know, this is sort of off topic, but for my birthday, I think when I was 30, you gave me... A, a portfolio of pictures which i have uh, it was wow. 10 prints because you knew i was interested in artists at in their art environments and it's a set of it's a beautiful set of physical prints of art, santa cruz and, and artists that you'd been shooting i guess uh it was great i don't know oh, if you really remember nice that. present it was a wow. great present yeah. it's one of the finer presents really I've nice received. Of me. you're yeah. such a nice yeah. guy you think I would have kept in better touch over the years after such a such a heartfelt it was beautiful. Do you have pictures on your walls? We like to ask photographers if you have photos on your walls of your own and of other photographers and and if you could describe one of each. I have um I have a few pictures of my own on my walls, but I I don't have much because um although we 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 just painted so they're down now, but uh, we're putting back up. The hall, our one of our halls is filled with family pictures, like really old from our forebears and yeah. and <laughs> and kids growing up in this. And it's just it's from floor to ceiling in different kinds of frames. So that though, I mean, I took those, but they're not my yeah. pictures. Yeah. Uh, you know, my, um, in in my office, I have a few. I also have, um, let's see, I have one picture by Roman Vishniak. Oh, which one? Um, I don't even know what it's called. It's of a it's of a little hater, a little like, place with this. I don't know how he shot in those days with no, almost no light and people studying. It was a gift from my uncle. So is it um, the? Are they at a table? Yes, I think yeah. I know the picture. Yeah. yeah, you do. It's it's well known. That's and then beautiful. I also went to. Um, Went to the Library of Congress many years ago and, and bought two um, Farm Security Administration pictures. And um, they're not the classic ones, and I'm trying to remember who they're by, and I like don't Dorothea remember. Dorothea Lang, kind of? No, not, I would remember Dorothea Lang. Yeah, I thought you might. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, wow, that's that, Yeah, so that was cool. You could, you you could know, do that? Maybe you, yeah, those pictures belong to us. But they'll let it's you so take them. Cool. They'll let you go. Well, no. <laughs> Put them in your pocket. Yeah. Hey, I think this is ours. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know, there's an amazing thing that when you, at least back then, this was probably about 20 years ago, I went to the Library of Congress. You sit in a room and there's little sort of contact prints of all these images. So you see all these pictures by Walker Evans and Dorothy Lang and Margaret Burke White. And, and then you order them and they say, whether they were made, whether they have the original negative. So if so, it's made with the original negative and you, they make it on fiber-based paper and they're like $20. Wow. That's so cool. Are, is that, they still tip. do that? Really? Do we I, know? I don't know. I haven't done it. Then there was a while where you had to pay them, you had to pay them a certain way because they were getting anthrax. So you couldn't send them an envelope to pay. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. But, it, it, but they belong to, you know, we pay, we as taxpayers paid for the Farm Security Administration, right? So those those things belong to us. I wonder what we're going to get after this current bout of <laughs> federal spending, because I think the 
people have now purchased a whole lot of stuff. No, but I mean, I think it would be great to do something similar of like the WPA and have artists, you know, incentivized to help capture this, help capture these changing times, this new normal. I actually feel like that would be brilliant. Well, I think uh, we should wrap up, you know. This was such a nice chat. Thank you, Shmuel. I really, really loved chatting with you. It was been, uh, it's been great. I feel like I looked at the time right now. I was like, the time has just flown by. But uh, yes, Ruben, we will, we will, we will wrap. <laughs> well, maybe, we, and maybe we can go on a, a photo walk or something with appropriate distance yeah. while I'm in town. I'm, it's so nice to be here. And looking at oh, your pictures, you. you know, makes me nostalgic for being here more. I've been in the city for so long, and it's really fantastic to to see your captures of it and. Anyway, thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you. This is great. I I loved it. All right. Suzanne? Our show is recorded and produced in San Francisco. Go to neomodern.com slash podcast to get show notes, see photos, and post comments. Leave reviews and ratings on iTunes or wherever you listen, and don't forget to subscribe. We get new listeners from you telling your friends and spreading the word. If you know someone who might get something from us, send them a link. Thank you to Mitchell Foreman for our theme music and all of you for hanging out with us. Please be safe out there. We appreciate your attention, and we hope we've given you some things to think about. Until next time.